Today, I'm going to be carrying on with the Jesus Speaks series that we've been doing for a while, um, which is where we pull out parts of the Bible where Jesus would say things, and then we try to figure out what was he trying to say, how do we apply it to our lives. And today, I am speaking on forgiveness. It's a good one. Um, Just a little bit about my daily routine uh, as a mom of two. Um, So where my house is located that I'm currently living in, next door to me, are my parents, Pastor Adam and Anita. Below them are my grandparents. Next door to them is my sister and her family. So we've created a community, <laughs> fun times. But I actually spend usually an hour a day at my grandparents' house, uh, Granddad Alan and Nana Judy. And they heard I was speaking, so Nana was very excited. And I was sitting down at the house with the kids. And my granddad says, right. If you know my granddad, he's, he's a bloke, okay? And so he's like, right, Grace, now, if you need any advice for your message, you can come to me. I can help you out. And then he looked straight ahead, and I was like, oh, thanks, Granddad. Yeah, sure. Now, I don't know if his hearing aid wasn't working because he didn't respond to my, my uh, request for his information. So then the next day, uh, I came back, and he said again, now, just remember, if you need any advice, I'm happy to share. So I said, all right, then go on, Granddad. I'm speaking on forgiveness. And this is what he said. He said, well, when you're talking about murder, you want to first kill the murderer and then forgive them and say, I gave them quick passage to heaven in the name of justice. And I thought, thank you, granddad. Theologically, don't know how sound that is, but he gave me a laugh, so uh, points for that. We're going to be reading from Matthew 18. If you have your Bibles, you can open it up to Matthew 18. It's a good place to bring your Bible is in the house of God, right? So if you want to know, where could I take my Bible that's outside of my bedroom? It's here. Um, I'm going to be reading the parable of the unmerciful servant and a couple other pieces of scripture too. Here we go. It's, it's a hearty piece, so follow along. Here we go. Then Peter came to Jesus and he asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Now within Judaism culture, back then three times was sufficient enough to show someone a forgiving heart. So Peter believed he was being pretty generous when he said seven times. But Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times times. Ooh, that's a lot of times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Just a bit of context. For back in those days, 10,000 bags of gold to nowadays, it would be in the billions. Okay, so this was an unpayable debt. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children And all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and he let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. 
Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. (sighs) You know, some scripture makes you just feel so much warmth and joy and love. This is not one of those. This is more like a slap in the face, wake up please kind of scripture, but it's good. It's good. My initial thoughts from reading this is what the heck was wrong with the first servant? I don't know about you, but if I had an unpayable debt, I would be grateful, right? I, I mean, this guy was probably stressed out. He probably didn't sleep well. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little bit depressed, okay? I wouldn't be surprised if all of this affected his family life and his work life and just every part of his life. But how amazing is it that his master comes along and not just extends the time that he needs to pay it off, he just straight cancels it. That's pretty crazy. But what blows my mind is that someone can go, wow, you just, you just canceled my unpayable debt. Now I'm going to go find someone and I'm going to do the complete opposite to them. And I thought, who in their right mind would do something like that? Definitely no one these days, right? But I was wrong because I started to think about it and I'm like, oh, I think I do it. I think lots of people do it because as followers of Christ, right? We believe that Jesus died on the cross and he paid a debt we could not pay ourselves. And he paid a price we could not afford. And we go, I receive it. I receive it. Thank you for the blessing. Oh my, I cannot believe what he posted on Facebook. We are unfriend. <laughs> or oh, did you hear what they said to me? How dare they? Not talking to them again. Or oh, I cannot believe how I was treated at that church. Not going back there again. We hold on to and we harbor unforgiveness. But I got to tell you, that is not the life we are called to. See, for that first servant, what should have happened is there should have been a transformation of his perspective of life. He should have gone, wow, what goodness, what mercy, what grace has been shown to me. And it's shifted how I see everything. It's lifted a burden off me. I can't wait to give forgiveness and release debt from everyone who owes it to me. That's what should have happened. When we receive God's forgiveness, however, and choose not to pay it forward, there's a bit of a problem. I believe that everything we say, everything we do produces fruit, right? And the Holy Spirit produces fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit are, if you know it, you can say it with me. I know it because I teach Sunday school, so that's, that's what we learn. So there's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's patience, there's goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. You guys are like, wow, she just knows them. I'm just singing a song in my head and going really slow as it comes out. And those are really good fruit. They're the fruit that are produced when we follow Jesus the way that he asks us to follow him. And and they're fruit that cause a really, really awesome life. However, I don't believe any of those fruits are produced through unforgiveness. I think everything produces fruit, though, so if unforgiveness doesn't produce those, what does it produce? Probably some resentment, bitterness, 
maybe a bit of anger, even hatred. It could produce some stubbornness, some selfishness, some brokenness, just to name a few. And Jesus, I believe, is saying in that scripture, how? How can God forgive us if we cannot forgive others? That's a big thing to kind of wrap our heads around. So I, I want to share another piece of scripture with you because I believe we're all human and sometimes things really do hurt and sometimes things really do take time to move on from. But I want to share you a piece of scripture as to maybe why things might be hard. It's a beautiful story and, and it's in the Bible and it's about Jesus going to a Pharisee's house and the guy's name is Simon. And he's sitting down and they're all sitting at the dinner table because Jesus was invited for dinner. And as they're sitting there, a woman comes into the room and she starts to cry at Jesus's feet. And she starts to wipe his feet with her hair and she starts to pour perfume on his feet. Culturally back then, that was normal. I mean, nowadays, if a woman came into my house while I was having dinner, I'd be like, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> but back then, something special was happening. And you see the Pharisee Simon started to think and he started thinking in his head if if this man is really a prophet if he's really the messiah who he says he is he would know what kind of woman this is and Jesus knowing his thoughts responds and says this I love it he just responds with stories Simon two people owed money to a certain money lender one owed him one owed him 500 denarii and the other 50 Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. That kind of tells me that those who are forgiven much must love much. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what people have done to you. But maybe we're holding forgiveness against people. Or maybe it's unforgiveness against God. Or maybe we just feel like God hasn't fully forgiven us the way we thought. But I've got to challenge all of us today that as believers in Christ, it's not just about receiving forgiveness, but also giving forgiveness. Because forgiveness brings people closer to Jesus. It helps, it heals, it brings clarity, it restores relationships. And I believe that forgiveness is more than just saying, I forgive you. Because there's nothing like saying to someone, I forgive you, and then walking away feeling like you don't really forgive them, right? Anyone ever have that? All the time for me, right? So you walk away, you say, I forgive you, and then you're like, but I never want to see them again. Thank you very much, right? I believe that forgiveness is more than those three words, I forgive you. I believe there are practical things you can actually do that start to stir forgiveness in your life. And I'm a to-do list kind of girl. Every morning I wake up and I have a little to-do list on my phone, including things like drink water, check, 
wake up, check. I like to feel like I'm being proactive, even when I'm not. And so here's a little checklist of things you could do to actually practically show forgiveness. Number one, really simple. Pray for that person or that group of people. When you see them, when you think about them, whatever it is, just say, Father God, I thank you for them. I thank you they're here for a reason. I thank you that you have a purpose for them. Father God, I pray you would help me to love them the way you love them. Start to pray for them. The second thing you could do is nice things towards them. You hear their moving house, volunteer to help out. You hear they need a babysitter, you be the babysitter. You you hear they need help building something, you go help them build something. Do good towards others. I believe that when we practically, actively do things, it starts to shift things in our heart. I'm not just trying to say these to full points. I'm actually saying them because I believe they work. Number three, and this has been a big struggle of mine. Don't speak poorly about them when they're not around. There's nothing that makes you love people less than talking down about them. I've been guilty of this growing up, and I don't know if it's just because I'm a girl and sometimes my words get away with me, um, but when someone would get brought up in conversation, <laughs> let me tell you what they've done to me. And straight away I'm like, whoa. And I don't think it was till I actually married my wonderful husband that he would say things like, oh, do you think that was necessary? And I'd be like, oh, how do you? No, obviously not. But then I started to become aware of the words that I'm saying and how it didn't help me love people any better. In fact, it caused bitterness and resentment to grow inside me towards people. And I can happily say right now that I don't do that anymore. And I can also say that it has changed the way that I speak to people and I see people and it makes a huge difference. Number four, don't celebrate people's failures, but instead celebrate their successes. When they do good, when they get that promotion, be like, hey, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you. I'm so glad that you guys got that house. I'm glad you got the job. I heard you're having a baby. That's really exciting. Celebrate people's successes. You don't have to always feel like it or be in the mood, but you can celebrate it anyways. And number five, stop dwelling on the past. When you forgive someone, it doesn't undo the past. It doesn't justify what's happened, but I believe it heals. And I don't think that unforgiveness in the past is going to help you at all in your future. It's not going to benefit. So those are some practical things you can do. The Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe that God, like the Word says, comes to give us life and life in abundance. Forgiveness is powerful. I want to tell you today why I believe I'm a Christian. Um, probably similar reason to you. Um, but I believe that I'm a Christian, not just because Jesus died on the cross. I do believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe um, he took on the sins of the world. I believe I'm forgiven. I believe all of that. Here's another reason that I think is really powerful. I believe I'm a Christian because of my parents over here. Okay, they did a pretty good job at raising me. I mean, hello. Um, but I, I believe that I am because of them now. I, I know some of you may not know me well. You might, might have met me once or twice. Or maybe you've known me as I've grown up in the church and thought, oh, she's a lovely little ass, you know, never could harm a fly. Wrong. <laughs> I could harm many a fly. Uh, growing up, though, I wasn't always a very nice person. I know some of you may not be able to imagine that. I could be pretty mean. I've made many a girls cry. I'm not proud of it. But I've also done some dumb things that my parents have constantly forgiven me for. Like, for example, when I was younger, I went out... <laughs> Silly girl. I went out and I was like, you know what? I'm going to smoke some cigarettes. 
So I went out and I went to a dairy and this little Indian lady that looked a little bit like my mum. And I'm like, are you the Holy Spirit? I don't know. <laughs> so I, um, I went and I got a pack of cigarettes. And I just sat in one of the beach entrances quietly, like using my little car thing. <laughs> and um, anyways, I came home and I was a little bit, I felt a little bit weird because obviously I'm like, focus life, do I smell? I don't know. And so I walked in and I said, dad, and he's on the recliner. I said, I just got to let you know. He's like, yeah, I've been smoking. And my dad was just like, oh, yeah, how was it? And I was like, it was sucked, dad, it was dumb. And then I proceeded to meet my little brother, who was very little at the time, just went in the kitchen. We're lighting them up with the oven, and then mom comes in. And anyways, it wasn't good. But do you know what? They forgave me for that. They forgave me, and it was pretty awesome. A little bit older, I was really into the club life. And I'm not talking about croquet or bowls, okay? Um, I like to go out dancing. Um, and so one night I said to my mum, mum, I'm going out to the clubs. I'm going to have a good time. And my mum was like, I know you're not going to the clubs anywhere. And I was like, mum, I'm 18. You can't actually tell me what to do anymore. That's how you know you're not a mature 18-year-old. <laughs> and so I, I, I went out. And um, I got beaten up, so that was a fun time, um, quite badly, um, on Cuba Street. And then I didn't go home that night because I was embarrassed, right? I was ashamed. I'm like, the thing they said would happen actually happened. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to get the whole, oh, I told you, saw you silly girl, and slap in the face. And I'm, I'm making them sound aggressive. They don't slap me in the face, but it just adds to the drama. Anyways, I ended up going home that morning, and my face was black and blue, and my mom just opened her arms, and she just held me, and I just cried because I was dumb, right? I was silly. But that wasn't it, right? I just kept stuffing up. I don't know what it is about being humans. We, we lack some intelligence in some areas, I think. But I kept doing these dumb things, and I don't want to share all of them with you because then you might stop listening to what I have to say. <laughs> But they were really dumb. But you know what's crazy is that I believe I follow Jesus today because my parents never held back forgiveness. They never said, you know what? You've done it one too many times. I'm sorry. We've run out. Okay? It's empty. There's no more forgiveness left in the tank. No, it wasn't like that. It was like forgiveness upon forgiveness upon forgiveness. Whether it was deserved or not, it was always available to me. And I believe that there was a moment in my life where I went, Wow. That's what Jesus is like. That's what God's grace is like towards all of us. And the most powerful thing about it is we are called as believers in Christ to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Which means when we have an opportunity to forgive someone, that's what it is. It's an opportunity to show God's heart towards them. Because we don't always feel like we deserve it. We feel like people should have said, I told you so, and that's what you deserve. But for some reason, God is not like that. It's a very extravagant love. So this is why I follow Jesus, not just because of what he did, but because of what my parents did and how they showed his grace and his love towards me. And I believe we're all called to do it towards others. Jesus didn't die on the cross, however, so that we could hold grudges. Or that we could be better. He died on the cross so we could set, be set free. I don't know if you guys remember the moment that you first gave your heart to Jesus. But I remember a moment where I had extreme joy just based off forgiveness. And it was back in the day when the, there used to be two sections here. 
And then there was these little side sections. There was like the youth and the worship team and other random people over there. And, and I remember standing in the front here. And I can't even remember what happened the night before. I was probably crying to mum and dad, telling them how sinful I had been. And I was standing in the front. And I just remember crying and experiencing this overwhelming joy in my life. Because forgiveness brings those fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. There's, I'm just going to stop there. You get it. And that's what Jesus died for. I just want to pray for people here today that maybe you've been hurt, and I don't know what your hurt is. Actually, something that's really interesting in the last few services, I've had people come up to me saying, Oh, man, that really got me, not for the fact of I'm unforgiving towards someone else, but because someone is holding unforgiveness against me, and there's real pain there. And, and I think that, that over time, God can really heal that. God can really work on that. Um, but I haven't really studied that subject yet, so I, I won't give the advice. But that hurts, right? We can't really control that. But what we can control is being the forgiver towards others. And, and I don't know if it's in a friendship. Maybe someone has done you wrong. Maybe they've done it over and over again. Uh, maybe it's in a marriage where it's like, oh, I do not want to go home and see them. Maybe that's just a little bit of unforgiveness. And can I say, there's no age you hit. You know, you don't, you, you're not a little kid that's like, it's, it's, it's hard to forgive. Though the kids are pretty stubborn with saying sorry, and oh, sorry, I forgive you. Ugh. And then you don't become a teenager and you're like, I forgive you. And then all of a sudden you're an adult and you're so mature that forgiveness is not a struggle. I forgive you and you and you. That's not how it works, right? But if we don't deal with it when we're young, it can carry on for the rest of our lives. Imagine getting to like a wiser person, an older person, and then going, whoa, I've carried bitterness and anger and resentment my entire life when I didn't have to. And so I don't know what the situation is, but I do know that God knows what it is. And I do know that you have the ability to forgive. Because God wants us to have marriages that are healthy and that are awesome. And He wants us to have our relationships with our kids and vice versa to be amazing. And even with our brothers and our sisters and our friendships. God wants them to be flourishing and healthy. They're meant to bring joy into our lives. So don't let the devil steal and destroy the things that God has created to bring joy. If you bow your heads and close your eyes with me, I just want to pray with you today. Father God, if there is anybody here who maybe there is some struggles in their life, maybe it's anger, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's uh, selfishness or stubbornness, whatever it is, God, but maybe they don't know why. It's there. I pray, Father God, that you would help to reveal to each person in this room maybe the hurt and where it's coming from and give them the strength to start to forgive, start to move on, start to heal in those areas. You know, church, I don't know about you guys, but I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, though sometimes it feels like it happened a long time ago and sometimes I'm like, did it really happen, though? But it did happen, right? And, and Jesus died for all of our sins, not some of our sins. And we've got to understand the great sacrifice that was made. 
It wasn't easy. It took a lot of time, a lot of discipline, but he did it for us because he loves us greatly and he forgives us greatly. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I have fallen away from God. I have not been with him. And my life has been a life of bitterness and confusion and maybe just anxiousness. And you're like, man, I want to start to do life with God. I believe that Jesus can touch us in a way that nobody else can, that nothing else. He can shift things that nobody else can shift. He can break things off your life. He can fill you with joy. He's a good God. So if that's you here today, you're like, I don't know Jesus, but I'd like to do my life with him. Or maybe you feel like you're falling away. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hands with me. One, Jesus loves you. Two, he died on the cross for you. And three, if that's you in this place, you're like, man, I would love to receive Jesus into my heart. Just raise your hand. Awesome, I see that hand over there. Is there anybody else here today? Awesome. Hey, let's pray together with the person who put their hand up and let's pray with everything that we have. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask that you would come into my life. Transform me from the inside out. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen, amen.